Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe that you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Lawrence. Each week, we'll bring to you a guest with that similar background that they've been told at some point that they couldn't succeed or was smart enough or rich enough or where they came from. We hope that this podcast will inspire you and lead you and motivate you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. Sit back and relax as our guest brings you a very special story each and every week. I think it was a a defining moment was realizing kind of my, 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 my purpose. Um, my grandfather was a, a sharecropper, and my grandfather was a community developer where he created this senior citizens facility where they could go and spend, you know, from eight to four or eight to three, where, you know, in a rural community, they had somewhere to go. And, um, you know, I got started in real estate. I was financing commercial real estate and you know, that led, that was a good foundation, then that led to some other things, and, and we can get into that later, but somewhere around 2014, 2015, um, my grandfather had passed in 2014, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, I'm not fulfilled, like, I'm making money, this is great, but it hit me, was that the mantle that my grandfather had on his life as a community developer, serving underserved, serving rural, um, caring about people, loving people, that was that mantle was now mine to carry. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast today. We have a special guest, and wow, oh wow, when I say that, we have a good friend of mine I've most recently met. Not only is he a former collegiate and professional athlete, but he has a wealth of experience in the commercial real estate and small business industry. Bonzel has served as a capital market consultant for over 12 years, serving several financial institutions, private funds, that focus on serving rural and underserved communities. Monzel holds a bachelor's degree from Gardner-Webb University and is based here in Charlotte, North Carolina. As a capital markets advisor, he has spent a great amount of time raising capital, implementing capital deployment strategies, sourcing new opportunities, structuring and building strategic partnerships. His natural gifts allow him to build and cultivate strong business and personal relationships. His heart points him towards projects in rural and underserved communities. The importance of rebuilding and transforming these communities are key factors that sustain his drive. Fonzel, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me. Thanks for serving and leading, and we appreciate you being here. So, Fonzel, let's jump right into it. Tell, can, tell our audience who's Fonzel Pittman and, and what you're currently up to these days. Absolutely. Well, I am a, a husband going on th- uh, 10 years now and a father of three. I have a 10-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old. So I'm a, I'm a husband first, father second, and, and an entrepreneur third. I like that. I like that. So I did a little homework on you to make sure I, I serve you well and, and spotlight you well. I see that, and tell me if I'm wrong, you played at Gardner-Webb University. You, were on, you played football and ran track there. You ran a couple events that are near and dear to my heart, the 400 meters, four by one, four by four. (laughs) 
Um, and then you also played football. I did not play football, but um, I did in, in the younger days, but just not the collegiate or pro level. Also, your NFL experience and your arena football experience with the Iowa Barnstormers, is that correct? Correct. <laughs> um, take, take, us, take us back a little bit to, to those days, if you will, and share a little bit about your, you know, your, your background there and your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I came out of high school uh, in 2003, went to Gartner Way Up University, played football, uh, went there on scholarship and uh, got there and realized I wanted to continue running track as well. So I ended up running track there for a couple of years, uh, along with playing football and um, graduated in 2008. So I did a five year program, got injured as a senior and redshirted as a senior. So that gave me a fifth year to come back and play. Um, and then from there, I got a chance to go to camp with the New England Patriots. Unfortunately, w- w- was released uh, prior to, to preseason, prior to camp. And so that was short-lived. Worked out for a couple NFL teams. And for whatever reason, it was just, you know, it was just the timing and the numbers game. So decided to, to, to move to Des Moines, Iowa, and play for the Iowa Born Stormers, which is uh, Kurt Warner's old team. Right. Actually, Kurt Warner's old coach as well. So I actually played for John Gregory, who was Kurt Warner's old coach, who really uh, gets some credit too for for discovering Kurt Warner down right. in Hy-Vee Grocery Store. So uh, did that uh, for a couple of years and decided in 2012, I said, you know what, I can go and play in Canada. Uh, found out that we were pregnant and just decided, you know what, that's that's it. You know, I wanted another opportunity at the league, but apparently that wasn't the route that I was supposed to go. So hung up the cleats in, in 2012. Nice. Well, th- those experiences are kind of what shapes us, right? So and a path that we follow is usually determined usually by the higher powers, right? So <laughs> when it's time to when it's time to hang those cleats up so to speak and we just follow where you know where our heart is leading us for the next journey so i can relate to that a little bit um vonzel tell us a little bit more personally about yourself right now and where are you, are you from north carolina originally and and tell our listeners a little bit about that yeah for sure so currently reside here in, in charlotte but i'm from eastern north carolina small town called Tallboro, um and we're probably you know 20, 25 minutes north of East Carolina University, uh, hour and 15 minutes east of, of, of Raleigh, North Carolina. So mm-hmm. population of about 10,000 people. But let me tell you, we're known for producing uh, phenomenal football players in that little area. Probably the most recognized player would be Todd Gurley, who used to play in the NFL. And um, yeah. just a, a plethora of guys there in that little small town um, that have had phenomenal football careers right when you first started out when you left you know from high school and your first experience into college and and even taking that step into nfl training camp and then your next step with the barnstormers and to to this point what are some of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome in your sport career versus your professional career to date yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's several hurdles, as you know, um, each, you know, each level you play, right, presents itself with more challenges because the pool, it's just a smaller pool. Um, you know, it's, it's to, to, to play Division One, and I play mid-major, like Division One AA football, it's tough 
um, to go pro, I mean, that number shrinks even smaller. Right. Um, and, you know, to play at that level and to have a career at that level, regardless of how long, it's, it's just tough because it's the, com- the competition. So, you know, from a sports standpoint, it's, it's always your production driven. I mean, you can be producing right. and there's a business decision that needs to be made and, and you're out on the streets. So I think that hurdle was was really um, just just trying to, to to learn to a lot of things are out of your control. I mean, you can show up, you can execute. Um, an injury may happen on the other side of the ball. Right. And, be, be, you know, because it's a numbers game, you may be the one to get released. has nothing to do with you. So I think that hurdle of, of always just the, the, the fear of the unknown, just never knowing if uh, – quick story, I, I was in camp with, with the Patriots and was having a f- phenomenal camp, to be honest with you, and made it through – uh, the end of uh, rookie camp, and I was like, "Man, great! I'm gonna go and sign as an un- right. you know as an undrafted free agent." And no lie, we're breaking the huddle down. I remember this like yesterday. We're breaking the huddle down, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and I kind of knew. I said, "Man, you know what?" And I was expected to come back to go to the hotel to gather my stuff. They were like, "No, we got a plane ticket for you. You, you leave in two hours." So I was like, "Man, is it really that cut? Right. You know, cutthroat?" Um, so just just kind of learning to to there's just a things that's just out of your control and it right. doesn't define who you are either right so I think that's the biggest hurdle so that tap on the shoulder was that a tap that you made it or tap that hey you have to leave <laughs> I tap that here's your plane ticket it's time for you to go oh I thought I thought you meant hey you go good we're gonna we're gonna save you so you'll get injured here's your plane ticket go back yeah. home well yeah that's definitely yeah. a different experience uh for sure, for sure. <laughs> Well, honestly, it, um, just to be in that moment that a lot of people don't get don't get to experience is just phenomenal because and the work that it takes to get there, and the effort that that a lot of people don't realize takes you know it it takes it takes that effort to get you to that level in the first place, but also that extra effort that you consistently have to put in to take that next leap, right? So, not to say that you weren't meant for that path. It's just it's more importantly that you were meant to do something at, at a higher level than play, play football. So, and that's just knowing you and talking to you for those of you that are listening, I've met Von Zell at my anytime fitness location, but and we get to talk and, and just that it's just a nice organic conversation with you. And that's just, you know, I could tell that you were, you, you were doing some special things without even knowing you yet. So, you thank know, you so, so yeah, thank you for, thank you for doing what you're doing and telling us about that, you know, that experience, which leads me to the next thing is one to ask you about is, that path that you took to get you to where you are today, how challenging was it? And what was that path like, you know, from your transition? Uh, transitioning from football to the business world. Correct. Um, yeah. I, I tell people, honestly, man, all I know is, is work. So I grew up in a small rural community, you know, single wide, double wide. My dad was an entrepreneur, a landscaper, um, so I, I didn't get to sleep in on Saturdays and watch cartoons as a 10, 11 year old. Right. Like he, he made me get up and go out, you know, and work with him. So um, I'm so thankful that that work ethic has always been there. And so whether it's, it's sports or whatever it is, when you do, you know, you create a discipline um, and you create a work ethic that helps the transition of kind of going into entre- entrepreneurship. So right. I, I knew what it was like to, you know, to get up and spend eight, nine hours 
trying to build a business. And, and to be honest with you, you don't see the results right away. Right. Um, that was just like for us, it was off season. I mean, you're getting up at 5, 530 and going to off season workouts. And I mean, you don't play into the fall. Right. And so and, and, and to be honest, I mean, we had a couple of seasons where we were 500 or, or under. So all of that work to to go right. and you quote unquote don't see it paying off. Well, entrepreneur is kind of like that in your first couple of years of building a business. You're putting in a ton of work, a ton of hours. And you don't always see the fruit of that. Um, right. And so I, I, you know, that transition, I was kind of accustomed to, you know, having to just, you know, you know, just just grind it out. Um, and then eventually, does, you, right, you do eventually kind of see the fruit of your labor. So that transition was it, it wasn't horrible. You know, while I was in it, it was right. right. But now that I look back, I go, right. man, this was a lot like, you know, playing football or playing sports. I mean, it's this. It's a grind and it's a discipline. Exactly. And the and I'm sure like your transition and the work ethic that you had from learning from a young age from your dad and then into your sports playing days and transitioning that over to your professional career now. I'm sure you had systems in place that you know, allowed you to. It, yes, it was hard, but you had those you were following a system that worked for you and and what works for you was you know what the work ethic it took to kind of get to where you needed to be so anyone who's played sports on any level knows if you put you you get in what you put out of it right and and you and you definitely put in a lot i mean you could tell that and you could tell you're still putting in a lot so that transition that path that you took i never want to say it's easy because i know exactly what you're talking about from an, a a small business entrepreneur leaving from one career to the next, or from if you played sports or not, it's difficult when you're first starting out, you're grinding it out day in and day out and you don't get a lot of sleep and you, and you got a lot of stress going on and, and it's how you manage those things. So um, you got, it, it's, I can't stress enough and I'm sure you, you can appreciate this and know this as well. You have to have a system in place and, and follow that, or it's only going to make things more difficult. Right. And, and so from that standpoint is our personal story, which leads me to ask you something about, you know, you personally and just diving back into the personal side of things is we all we all have that personal story that um, really inspires us to take that major step towards achieving a dream job in life. What was that moment for you? I think it was a, a defining moment was realizing kind of my, 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 my purpose. Um, my grandfather was a, a sharecropper and my grandfather was a community developer where he created uh, this senior citizens facility where they could go and spend, you know, from eight to four or eight to three, where, you know, in a rural community, they had somewhere to go. Right. And, um, you know, I got started in real estate. I was financing commercial real estate. And, you know, that led, that was a good foundation. Then that led to some other things and, and we can get into that later, but somewhere around 2014, 2015, um, my grandfather had passed in 2014 and I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm not fulfilled. Like I'm making money. This is great. But it hit me was that the mantle that my grandfather had on his life as a community developer, serving mm -hmm. underserved, serving rural um, caring about people, loving people, that was that mantle was now mine to carry. 
And so that's when the light bulb kind of really switched was that I'm not necessarily chasing a, a career or a profession, yet I'm in one, but what I'm chasing and what the path I'm on is mission. And my mission was, you know, in the space that I'm in is serving the underserved, building communities that have uh, dilapidated buildings and giving these communities and these seniors hope right through right. transformative real estate. And so somewhere around the 2015, mm -hmm. uh, 2016, maybe is where it really clicked. It's like, this is your lane and this is where you're to focus. So, um, but again, that went back to me just sitting down, just looking at who my grandfather was. And I go, man, that mantle is now mine to carry. And sometimes the it's it's just it's those moments of reflection, right? That sometimes that light bulb turns on at that point of like so. So anyone who's listening, we all have that kind of light bulb moment or that experience where we realize, hey, this is this is really the path I should be going down. And we all know it. Sometimes it's hard to to follow through with that. So I think the first step to that is just recognizing that moment. And when it happens, write it down. Like simply just write it down and pin it to your board in your office in your in in your room bedroom wherever just as a reminder and that was one of the reminders for me when i had that moment is i wrote something down years ago when i was an undergrad and then I, again when i got out of school when i was working and then just having that feeling of like this is this is great and the money was great at the time but it's just that you had that feeling i can relate to that that feeling of like i don't know it was like an em emptiness right that like mm -hmm. So pursuing something that really fills you up and what you're passionate about is is what hopefully anyone listening to this is, um, you know, take note of that because that is a moment that you want to recognize and not forget and build off of it. So thank you for sharing that. Your, um, Vangel, your professional journey is shortly that I've known you and the experience that, you know, we've talked about that you have, you know, just very, you're an interesting guy. You know, I enjoy talking to you when I talk to you and What's the one piece of advice that you would tell anyone who's listening who may be working on a path who's trying to you know, get to the NFL or play college football or even high school football or any sport in general? And then also that same advice, what, would, what same advice would you give to somebody who's kind of transitioning right now in their professional career, you know, you know, with the success that you've had so far? Yeah, uh, on the sports level to, to address that. I would just really say, I mean, and again, I didn't see this when I was in it, but looking back now and having, you know, grown, um, it's that sports is really a vehicle, right? And, and I think and I tell people that now, you know, it doesn't define who you are. Uh, if you didn't play sports, if you weren't good at sports, you know, your parents will still love you. Um, you know, but so, so I try to really give kids that affirmation and reassurance that, right. you know, sports doesn't define who you are. On the, on the other side, it is a great tool to use to learn life skills, right? If you yeah. happen to be good at it, you know, and you think there's an opportunity to, to go to college, then it's really, it's a resource. And I tell people, um, you know, work, whatever you do, right? You, you, you have to put the work in, you have to be disciplined. Um, but for those that's looking to, to have that desire to play at the next level, you know, really look at it as, a, a resource. I mean, it opens up so many doors. I mean, I'm 37 now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I go to meetings and different conversations, you know, the sports conversation comes up, right? And, you know, try to stay in shape so they can tell, okay, well, this guy probably played somewhere. 
And that's always a conversation that I'll continue to have. So it's a great resource for you in that moment, but it's also a great resource the years to come, you know, when you have a family. I mean, that's something you can tell your kids that, you know, you played. So so to really realize that it really is a, a resource to open up so many other doors for you. On the business side, I would tell people to, you know, to, to chase mission and, and not money. And that's crazy. When I tell people that, I hear people go, well, I want more money. I need more money. And I listen and I go, for, for, for what though? And they go, well, I need to buy this. I need to buy that. And I go, if your money doesn't have a mission, then nine times out of 10, you're missing the mark. If you, you know, if you can determine what that mission is, what your assignment is, what you're passionate about, the money chases you. And and I am a prime, my wife would tell you, mm-hmm. I don't have the alphabets behind my name. I don't have a master's. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to an Ivy League school. Um, quite frankly, I didn't come out with a super high uh, GPA. So right. I, I am a transparent billboard to tell people when you are functioning in your assignment and when you are on a mission and you're chasing mission and not money, then the resources come like they, they just come money. Uh, all resources, you know, come when you're chasing mission versus you just going out there an opportunity because you're chasing money. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, an important message. I think that everybody needs to hear is we all know somebody who, who may be, you know, very affluent, for example, um, but maybe measurable because, you know, they, they are continually chasing money and chasing money, but there, there is no purpose. And what, what's their mission? That's the question. Like we all should ask ourselves, okay. what's, what's our mission in life? Like, what are we supposed to be doing? And I agree with you. I mean, the money will come. I say it all the time. Like, and I write about it in my book too. Like, you know, where, where my background, where I came from, you know, yeah, money was great to, to have when you had it, but like, at the end of the day, are you happy? And when, and if you're serving and you're providing, you know, something worth of value to your community or to another human being, just in general, I do believe as I agree with you, the money will come, the money comes as resources will come. People can pick up on a genuineness of a person's uh, approach to whether it be in sports or, or in their professional career. And you can't hide, you can't hide behind that. And that's one thing I used to tell um, some of my um, training coaches in the past and, and to this day is be genuine and serve with a purpose because people will identify it quickly. If you're not, you, you can only hide behind that. For so, you can only hide behind that for so long. If you're going to be successful, people, everybody wants to be liked, right? And everybody wants to have that feeling of somebody cares about them and not just their money. So that's a fantastic message. So hopefully anybody listening to that, I mean, I would be writing that down right now. That's one of the key points, I, you know, I'd, I'd highlight in this, in this conversation with Vonzel is to, to make note of that. Vonzel, what is it like, what's, what are you currently working on? Not just in your, you know, your current professional business. Uh, is there any special project or projects that you want to share you talked earlier about you're serving the under the rural and underserved communities, but tell, tell us a bit more about are there any special projects or, you know, that you're any groups that you're working with right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so my profession is considered like capital markets. So I'm like a capital markets consultant. So what that means is I typically for real estate projects, for business projects, I'm the capital guy, right? So I'll go out and raise uh, equity that's needed for the project. And then I'll also go out and structure the debt. So if somebody needs, you know, 10, $15 million for a project, 
80% of that may be debt from a traditional bank or some type of fund. Uh, and then the other 20% is like, you know, actual cash that they're bringing to the table. So that's what I do um, from a professional standpoint. How that connects to mission is most of my projects and, and working on a couple now, uh, like a couple of rural healthcare, rural hospitals uh, mm -hmm. where they need funding uh, to build or expand a hospital. Um, and so we're involved in those projects, um, affordable housing where, you know, th there's all types of affordable housing, there's housing shortage, there's home ownership, you know, anything that has real estate involved where we're looking at an underserved market um, that can add jobs or bring housing. That's typically the space that I spend most of my time. So right now we're working on several projects across the country mm -hmm. um, that and I, I leverage um, some government programs that are out there. Uh, right. And I spend most of my time like uh, working in rural America versus, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the inner city or the metro. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's uh, it, it's a ton. We got a pretty decent pipeline we're working on. But I'm actually more specifically creating uh, a couple different uh, funds that we are uh we're, i'm a partner in and, and mm -hmm. we're taking those funds and we're generating income to then take a percentage of that and start uh you know kind of helping businesses uh, mo most businesses in underserved markets need they need equity right, right. And, you know right. getting a loan you know not so not so difficult for them but the average business to stand up a business in an underserved market most of the time their shortfall is a lack of equity. So we're trying to solve that by having a fund that has equity to now invest in some of these businesses. And that's fantastic. From that standpoint, Ronzel, is it just also equity or is it, do you, do you also help, help the, the individuals with, is there education involved, like to help them to sustain that, you know, once they are given that equity, is there like, can you talk to a little bit about that path for, you know, like that part Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's David, that is, you nailed it. Um, we have, we partner with like a nonprofit group that provides those services like accounting, uh, bookkeeping, uh, legal services, because you're right. We're not just investing in a business owner and just saying, Hey, you know, here's 500,000. Good luck. Right. That's, that's not the model. Is providing them with the equity, with the capital, along with saying, now you know you're required to partner with this nonprofit group, who's going to show you how to do your profit and loss statements, who's going to show you how to, um, to to manage your payroll. Because you're right, if you don't have that educational piece, you're really not solving the problem. So you do need both. So yeah, I don't personally provide that, but I partner with. Uh, some nonprofit groups that that's that's their specialty, and we kind of call that technical assistance. Right. Yeah, and and as a, a small business owner, you know, and, and I can relate to every point you just talked about, and that's from an education standpoint to obtaining financing and how difficult those things are, just to to really to get them, and then if you get them, how do you sustain them and and Sorry. grow? Not just sustain, but then what's the next step from there? Growth, right? And like. If I if I'm not surrounded or I don't surround myself or if someone didn't help me with, you know, even to this day with resources to to be better, then it's hard to kind of maneuver those around those obstacles if you don't have experience in those areas of those fields. Right. And I think it's very important to 
if someone's out there struggling, you know, with their business or even wants to start a business is to um, really start with the education side before you start jumping into the financing side, in, in my opinion. And because there's so much I've learned along the way and just hearing you talk about those points too, is like, there's so much, even like I'm still learning to this day that I didn't know was out there as a, as a resource. So, and, and we're going to constantly be learning. I, I tell people this as a business owner, I'm really good at what I do, right? It doesn't mean I'm good at the other stuff. Like, for example, I'm not an operations guy. I'm a business development guy. So I'm gifted at strategic partnerships, generating revenue. Um, I'm not the guy that will take, you know, uh, a strategic plan and implement it and enforce it and create the processes. That's not my gifting. So what do you do? You bring somebody around you that mm -hmm. naturally has that gifting. And so I found out the hard way because, you know, you just you get started in business and you really you you have to do it all. Right. Um, but you get to a point where you go, this is not I'm dropping the ball here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so that's that's one of the, the important things, I think, which goes back back to sports. Everybody's not a quarterback. Everybody's not a receiver. Right. Like right. If, if you are a business development guy, then, and, you know, a quarterback. Right. Because that's mm -hmm. typically you're the point person then you, you need a receiver to get the ball to. You need somebody to help you. So it, it all points back to, I tell people it's body ministry. Like we have a body right. and I might be the hand, uh, you might be the foot, right? And because I'm more visible doesn't mean I'm more important than you because what's a body without a foot? So those things apply in business. They apply in sports. I mean, you can take them all across the spectrums of life. Yeah, I, I, I love that analogy. And it's, it's so true that, you know, a good friend of mine always says, do what you do best and hire the rest. I, I didn't create that as a friend of mine, Todd Durkin. I told you about him several times. <laughs> so, and it's so true because, you know, for me is, you know, like anyone who's met me or talked to me and, and you might've picked up on this. I'm mean, generally a quiet guy introvert at first, but then like, once you get me talking, you can't keep me, I can't, <laughs> you can't keep me quiet <laughs> sometimes. So it just takes a little, a little while to warm up the engine, so to speak. But it's so true that like, you know, like, for, for my business too, is uh, you identify those areas like, well, where am I dropping the ball and how can I get better? And it, it's, it's a constant struggle is that, you know, like being vulnerable and, and opening up to those vulnerabilities really allow you to be better um, from a professional and personal level and to seek out those people so that, so that you can grow. And I say the same thing. It's just because I own the, the gyms doesn't mean I'm any more important than anyone who's you know, wiping down a treadmill, cleaning the bathroom, you know, like I do those things too. That's kind of where I know what it took to get there. And I still do them to these days and I value those things. So, so it's, I think it's really important to surround us and to, to be able to identify that is really what allows us to be successful. Right. So thank you for that. I mentioned too, I'm going to kind of jump all around here a little bit, but I want to just jump back into your football days again, because in the path that you took, and someone's experience so people can identify those motives, not just in sports, but in life and in business is that feeling of making that first catch or stepping out onto that field or accepting that first job, signing that first client. How does all that kind of take a listeners to just quickly, if you can, like, you know, the, those experiences for you, like, you know, like a lot of people don't get to experience those things. Like college, that first catch, you know, I didn't play a lot as a freshman. I played on special teams. I think I might have had one catch for 14 yards <laughs> that whole year, um, which which was fun. I came out of high school playing tight end in a wishbone 
offense. And then I went to college and they moved me to, to receiver. And all we did was through the ball. So it, it was a huge learning curve. But um, that was a great experience, right, to finally catch the ball and have your teammates, you know, cheering you on. Right. Um, but then to go to camp, you know, and, I, and me personally, I did not have a great college experience. Um, and I tell people that. You know, right. I made the mistake. I, I committed to Liberty University coming out of high school uh, or during the season. And for whatever reason, I just decided at the last minute to go to Gardner Webb. So I look back now and go, wow, I really did make the wrong decision. Right. And I think people can learn when you're transparent about those things. So my college career wasn't sterile. I was maybe all conference like twice. Um, mm-hmm. But to still have an opportunity to go to an NFL camp and not having a great or stellar college mm-hmm. career just shows you, you know, the value there. Right. But um, that first kept in training camp, man, was that that's probably more um, I probably get more excited about that because, again, I'm an underdog. I come from a one double A school. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't crush it in college. Uh, I went to I actually did my pro day at Duke University and the Patriots and the Eagles scouts were there. And, you know, so I'm there with ACC guys and had a great workout. Towards the end, the scout, the Eagle scout and, and Patriot scout was like, hey, can you hang around? We want to work you out, like, by yourself. And so, man, they put me through the workout, crushed it, like, crushed it. And that's what, you know, got me the opportunity to go to camp. And so, for me, that first camp in camp was like, you know, I have adversity. I went through college. I asked to be released. Like, just not a great experience. Mm-hmm. I questioned myself that my confidence was crushed. But then I get over here, and I'm like, wow, I'm in an NFL camp. So when I made that that first catch and getting out, out there on the field was just like, after fighting through, you know, the adversity and, and all of that, it was just memorable. So mm-hmm. for me to get there, obviously I wanted to stay there. But to get there after all that I had went through to get there, was just a life lesson, right? So, um, and then transitioning into business, you know, I'm like a little kid when it comes to winning clients. Like I, I work with CEOs of banks. Mm-hmm. That's not what I come from. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. So I'm like, here's a, a little kid from rural America who grew up in a, a single wide and then a double wide. Don't, I, you know, I don't come from academic rigor. I wasn't at the top of my class. And so, I'm dealing with, you know, people want to call it these financial savvy whiz kids who have the Harvard degrees. And now mm-hmm. I'm consulting them. And so whenever I land a big client, I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, honey, do you see how I'm being used? Like, you know, and I ask myself sometimes, like, why me? But I think it goes back to the point of I at, at my underneath, I love people. And so that's why I think the doors are continuing to open because I genuinely love and care about people. But when I first signed my first like client or proposal, um, I was just super pumped. And so my wife is more different personality than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. She didn't give me the excitement that I wanted her to give me, right? I'm like, do yeah. you realize what just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, and she she's gonna kill me for t- for saying this, but now when I went a new client, like I'll call like a good friend of mine or my 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 dad, who's an entrepreneur, right. who gives me that rah rah pat mm-hmm. on my back, mm-hmm. that a boy, and then you know after we get all of that out of the way, 
Then I'll go to my wife and say, hey, honey, because right. I don't need her excitement because somebody gave it to me, right? Because right. I, I need affirmation. That's yes. one of the things that I need. Right. So, Well, the, the, um, have uh, leading into that, and since you went there, have have you read, uh, heard of the book, the five, the five Love Languages? 100%. So I know her top, her top two are my bottom two, and my bottom two are her top two. <laughs> Right. Do you guys, um, do you guys talk about that? My wife and I, you know, we, you know, we share about like, like for me and I'll share this with everybody. I, I mean, I, I don't care. It, I'm, I'm open book, but you know, I, I'm a words of affirmation guy. Like, <laughs> like if you, you could do all achieved, I could do whatever. And if it could be the greatest thing, but if no one said anything, like, you know, gave me that patent, you know, like, oh, I'm like, Hey, what's going on with that? How come? Did anybody not recognize that? So I can relate to you hundred percent. Like, yeah, like uh, picking yeah. that up. And, and, I, like, and I think more people need to hear that. So we, we talk to people all the time uh, about it. Like we, we share with people because again, you know, my parents and, 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 and I could be stereotyping, but the older generation uh, that I grew up around wasn't as transparent. You know, mm-hmm. they, they wouldn't share certain things. You didn't know certain things. I think our generation is a little bit more vulnerable. Right. And as men, I tell people, I said, well, you know, we were, we weren't clicking at moments, me and my wife, right? Because um, I need affirmation and, you know, she likes gifts. You know, mm-hmm. I need more, um, I don't necessarily need quality time. Right. <laughs> like she needs quality time. So I said, when I learned that her top two were my bottom two, so I was trying to love her based on how I wanted to be loved, which was right. affirmations, right? Which was physical touch for her. She's so when we learned, you know, hey, you know what? This is what we got to do for each other. That's when things started to. Re- so now she knows, hey, honey, you're doing a great job with work. So she knows to kind of give me that because I just need it. And I, and I don't need it from everybody, but I definitely need it from her. So right. that's a huge point. You're right. Yeah, I bet when anyone listens to the podcast for the first time, I bet they weren't signing up thinking they were going to get some relationship advice. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're hey, all, it all works. That's right. It all we're all giving on this podcast. We're, <laughs> that's what our guest has multi talents. <laughs> so, Vonzel, what's your involvement like outside of, of football now? Are you still involved at any level? You know, with your with your college or. And you met when you went to camp, are you still involved or friends with any NFL guys or, you know, your college teammates? Like what's your involvement now with that side of it as well? And then like one question is, cause I know you and I are both sports guys too. And, and you're in the business world now, like when you were making that transition to your current role, did you ever consider or thought about maybe working from, you know, from the coaching side of it, going on that side or pursuing like administrative role, you know, within college or when, you know, within an NFL or arena team or what, what any of that kind of crossed your mind along the way? Yeah, I, I actually did. Uh, when I got done again, that's all I knew was, was, was sports. And so I actually started a, a speed and agility company because I'm a big, I'm big into developing kids or developing people, athletes, so mm-hmm. I started a speed and agility company and uh, right here in Indian Trail, actually, mm-hmm. and was training a soccer club uh, twice a week. And and and, and, and I coached um, back before I got married, I coached middle school basketball. And so now my involvement, uh, I have, again, three kids. My mm-hmm. oldest is my son. 
And I've been coaching him in flag and basketball since, you know, he's been four. And so now I'm coaching a, a travel basketball team. And uh, to be honest, David, like that's something that I'm now, I'm, I'm pretty established in business. Things kind mm-hmm. of run itself and I just manage it. Um, right. And so now I've been transitioning back into, um, you know, getting back into to, to that real coach mode um, mm-hmm. because it's just something that I just love. Right. It's for, like mm-hmm. I mentioned to you earlier, it's discipleship. Sports mm-hmm. is great. But anytime you can use sports to train future leaders and disciple them and you have access to their lives, I mean, these kids go through a lot now nowadays so i think any positive platform that you can have influence in um you know we we all got to try to figure that out because it's a it's a universal problem right now we're having with youth yeah exactly and having that right you know that that right coaching role model in place i've seen it too from my days when i first moved to charlotte with a local ymca to you know, just watching you know some dads interacting as 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 coaches and seeing the the passion or sometimes sometimes a lack of maybe it was a lack of training that from a, not just a coaching standpoint but just how to relate that message to you know to the players that when we step into those roles it's important for us to remember we we are we are that role model they're they're looking to you to provide some sort of an example of how to conduct themselves on the field, but also more importantly, off the field and how that translates into our relationships, whether it be our personal or business relationships. And I'm in agreement with you hundred percent. That's extremely important. And from a community standpoint, the more we can do that and focus on that along with the, you know, the athletic side of coaching is, you know, involving some sort of life coaching, you know, in conjunction with that, you know, when we're coaching them up on the field or the court is also make sure we also relay and I know you've talked about this and when we've spoken the gym is relaying those messages to them about how this is how we should act in the moment if you will and re- and remembering that because sometimes when we are competing it's easy to forget you know <laughs> it is a it is a game it is a, it's just a sport. in the day it's just a sport and as a coach, you have to remind yourself of that too. <laughs> yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's why I couldn't coach my kids because I was like, you get a little competitive at times. You're like, you forget. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. So, Vonzo, when you stop, when you stop playing, and you jumped into, you know, from the business world, you you talked about earlier when you decided kind of what was next for you. How hard was that decision or that process for you? Like, was it pretty easy when you, you know, from you talked about your, you know, using those skills that you learned um, and use that that work ethic to to transition. But what really ultimately made you decide that, like this is, you know, this is your path. And and that, and you talked about your, you know, your grandfather's example. And I really, I'm a firm believer in, you know, um, we have that person in our path that really helps us, you know, push us down the one that's really meant for us. But did you have any like? I, th- I feel like, and I write about this in the book, but we have all those kind of naysayers who, or doubters who are trying to push you away from that, where you know you're really meant to go. How did you decide? And did, did you have those people kind of trying to push you away from that, that the path that you were really meant to be on? Well, I um, I think for for me, so I started, so I was working while playing arena football, right? Because arena football didn't, you 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 could have, but I was just like, no, I have too much free time, so started working in residential mortgages. And then I always knew I wanted to be like on the commercial, commercial development side. And so I kind of took like the, my path, I feel like isn't always, God doesn't give me like 
here it is. Right. This is where you're going to be. It's always like little bit by little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it surprised me because I'm like, oh, I was I was content with just this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, I'm actually, you know. And so that's kind of, you know, I got into residential. I rolled into commercial. It rolled into development. And so throughout that play, there were times. So I'm super transparent, David. I had mm-hmm. a job working as like a loan officer at a bank. I was probably at three banks within two years, right? Because I was just job hopping. Um, But I quit my job prematurely. And I said, I'm starting this company. I'm a faith guy. So I'm like, sometimes I need somebody to tell me, great idea, but not not yet, right? And so (laughs) that's one of my weaknesses. And so I jumped out, started a company, and started this business and really wasn't prepared for what I should have. I should have grown into it, right? I should have, you know, worked and built it on the side, but I just stopped cold turkey. So for about eight months back in 2014 or somewhere, 2014, 2015, um, it was rough for us, like financially. I mean, we were hurting because I did something prematurely. I didn't seek counsel. I didn't get advice. I just knew I'm going to do it because, you know, that's right. just kind of how I'm wired. And yeah. so, at certain points, yeah, I, I did have people like, you realize you're going to probably need to take a job, right? You're going to have to go back and take a job and then be. Right. And I was so determined. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not called. And nothing's wrong with the job. Nothing. Right. We all have different calls. I just knew for me, I was like, this is my path. And it was bumpy. And it was bumpy mm-hmm. because. I didn't have counsel. I didn't seek counsel. I didn't have a mentor. I just literally decided this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and so I did it prematurely. So I tell people now, you know, if you feel led and called to entrepreneurship, seek counsel, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are bumps and bruises that you can avoid. Uh, and there could be a better strategic way to get there versus the way I got there. Because the mm-hmm. way I got there was i tell you what, man, I told my wife, I said, I will, I'm in debt to you forever because she hung in there with me. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, a great message and, and, and something that we all can t- honestly can take note of that because I, I'm right there with you that, and my wife would agree that sometimes, not sometimes, probably a lot of times I just jump, jump right into some stuff. And it's so it's important, right. That we talked about earlier that you surround yourself with those people or hire those people who do things better than you do. And then you do what you do best. Honestly, it's just when it comes down to, I think for me and probably for a lot of people is we have all these ideas and and, and concepts and things that we want to do, but we forget to write it down and everything. There's always a system, put pen to paper, look at it, think about it for a while sure. and share it with, share it with a, you know, a mentor or find that mentor that can, you know, maybe tell you, Hey, I I want that path too. And these are the mistakes I made. And so those things help us get better along the way, even for me to this day, you know, like I'm, you know, I joined a professional business coaching group myself, just because I think we all, you know, no matter what level of career, where we are at, we can get better um, and always learn from somebody. Um, I learn something from my staff every day, you know, like every time I walk in the the facility or I I go to a, a, a conference or, even speaking yeah. you know, to you the first time, you learn something, just learn stuff mm-hmm. every day. And 
And that's how we yeah. get better. Um, never, yep. And that's one piece of advice that I will give anyone is never stop learning, is to always be vulnerable and, and be open to learning something from someone because there's always something you can pick off of, of someone else's knowledge. I don't care what level they're at. And always, you know, and always stay humble, right? And like be open to those possibilities. So Vonzo, like with your experience to date, whether it be from high school, college, business, and the things that you've experienced and and know, feel very confident about, like, would you ever or have you ever thought about recently that you may want to put like that pen to paper and put a book out there or put some sort of training guide or something out there that can help somebody in that similar, you know, you know, similar situation. It's, it's funny you say that. So about a year ago, I don't know if you heard of Kajabi. Yes. Um, I purchased Kajabi, uh, didn't do anything with it. Just being honest with you, wasted my <laughs> two grand or whatever it was, uh, got on a site called teachable or something like that. Um, because my father-in-law, who is also my pastor, told me back in 20, 2017, he said, man, I think you're called to to coach, educate in this space, right, to train. Um, because what I deem as common general knowledge, and he's a very smart guy, he's like, people don't know that. Like, you are so concentrated in this whole banking, funding, uh, real estate, like, you're so right. concentrated in that world. You're so surrounded around those people that you think this is just coming. It's like, it's not coming. And so it's funny that you asked that, David, because I keep telling my wife, I'm like, I have to write. David, I hate writing. Mm -hmm. Just being honest with you. I'm, I, yeah, just a, it's a whack to my personality. I hate sitting down and just taking the time to write. But I do feel led like to put content together because I'm one of those people that I want to give what I have to give because I understand the value of experiences. And most of the time you go through something, you come out of it. If you're transparent and truthful, man, you don't know who you could really truly help right. uh, and reach. And it goes beyond who you can physically touch if you put content together. I mean, you can literally go international with it. So, man, I'm at a place now where I'm like, I got a ton of knowledge that I've been graced with over the years. And so the most difficult thing for me right now is like, I'm like, where do I start? Because right. I can give people investment knowledge. I can, you know, we could take, we could talk about how to grow wealth, right. Through a fund that we create, mm -hmm. but we go back to that word passion. What I'm super passionate about is kind of helping people find their purpose in business. Right. Because I think, the most, the majority of the people that I talk to are not doing what they think they're called to do or they're passionate about. They're just working a job. Right. And it's unfortunate, you know, 50, 60 year old. And they're like, I've worked all my life and I just work. And I'm like, God, you've existed on this. How much have you missed out on? Not just you, but how much have others missed out on? Because you haven't been operating in your passion right. and in your gifting. And so, to answer your question, that was a long answer, but absolutely. I'm at a place now where I'm like, all right, just show me where I start. But I'm, I'm to a place where I am feeling a unction to start pouring back into people. 
on a more structured setting in a more structured setting. Right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's kind of where I was at as well. And, and that whole purpose of, of sharing, you know, sometimes I think people put their, you know, their experiences and the knowledge that they have, they, they, they put it in the, you know, they throw it in the back seat, if you will. And like, don't think it's important. It's not worthy of sharing. And so for me, and, and I agree with you that, I just, you know, from what I know and what my experience is, I want to share that and, and help be able to help anyone or coach them to be better. And those things are, you know, we all make mistakes and it's okay, but how can we share our experiences to help others get better? And what better way to do that is just put our thoughts and, and words down on paper and, you know, and organize them to a point where, you know, it's, it's just, it's an easy process to follow for somebody. And, you know, what you're, what you're talking about is uh, I'm sure would serve so many people i personally would encourage you to, to let it out and <laughs> you know jump <laughs> jump into that because uh you know i think you have a lot to offer and share and you know and a lot of people would benefit from that so david to, to your point real quick you know i i think I, I i think i have to and i say that because um i, I don't again for everybody that again have the degrees that did it right academically that's a great testimony Right. But for those of us that, you know, goofed off in school, um, didn't take school serious. Right. Just did enough to get by. Um, like, I just want to encourage people that if if this little country kid, you know, who nothing's wrong with being blue collar at all. That's kind of who I am at my core. But, right. you know, I only thought it would be, you know, sports, if not sports. Um you know, in like an industrial, like, and, and those are great careers too, right? Working with my hands. Um, I had no clue that I had this in me. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to say this because I'm scared not to, right? I think mm -hmm. the only reason that I have been chose to go down this path to other people that seems like a super academic rigor path is because I am a testimony that, man, if you're functioning in your mission and what you're called to do, like you can go beyond what you ever saw yourself doing. And mm -hmm. so I don't fit the prototype on paper, but you put me in a room with those that fit the prototype and, and, and you can't right. tell, but I just think it gives people hope that if you're functioning in your mission and if you love people and right. if you say, you know, I'm not going to mistreat people, you know, intentionally, I'm going to love people, I'm going to help people. Mm -hmm. Like as long as the posture of your heart is right, Right. And I think you can be used beyond what you can imagine. And and I'm an example because, again, I don't come from from rigor. I, I just never saw myself being in this position. Right. And, and I 1000 uh, percent agree with you that my and I write about this in the book, um, my book as well is, you know, a lot of my lessons I learned was from from my dad, who you know, didn't make it out of the third, fourth or fifth grade, you know, like he at that time, you know, and the feelings of it to your point earlier, we talked about like the older generation, they didn't, they weren't as vulnerable. They didn't share a lot of those things. But one thing, you know, my father was very open with how he shared his care and his love for his children and set those examples that, you know, hard work and work ethic matters. And, and just those little bits of knowledge is that he would drop is we all come from somewhere and that's what makes us who we are. So I agree. I'm blue collar to the core, just like you. Um, and that's what set that foundation. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. 
you know, that's kind of the backbone of kind of where we are at. And that's kind of what built. That's who, that's who we, that's our foundation. And not to forget that part of it, because that's what, that's what kind of got us to where we are. And, and, and those examples are important. And to anyone out there who thinks that, you know, they, or they may, they don't have that support. There's always that mentor that will help you. And you just have to ask, you know, when my dad passed away in 2008, before my daughter was born, to me, that was, a, you know, kind of a gut-wrenching moment because like now who, who do I talk to with those kind of, who do I share those things or those, you know, things, those, ask those questions. And even though, you know, he didn't have that education that I went on to, you know, college and earned my degree, those are just, those are great examples of, of wanting to step out of that comfort zone for me and break that cycle, but like also appreciate, and I miss like the, you know, sharing those things, you know, with him. So, and those are a belief that you can achieve more than you are capable of, that you can do those things. And I think it's important we share those things. So thank you for sharing, you know, for that as well. And Vanzel, since I want to ask you one little fun fact before I wrap this up is like, for those who know you or may not know Vanzel, like what's a fun fact? Like I always like to ask the guests, like what's something that like does um, does does Vanzel like um, play the flute? Like what what is a special like thing that he, people don't know about you that you want to share? Maybe you don't want to share. Well, <laughs> well you know what's funny is it, it is music related. So I'm a musician. So I play bass, uh, drums, can play keyboard. Uh, I played. Um, trombone in a mm. sixth through eighth grade in concert band uh, we didn't march trombone so i moved to baritone mm. um and so i'm more of a, a musician i was more of a musician than i was you know in in athletics to be honest with you right and uh and i tell people i mean because i i don't do it you can't see it in a camera but i have like two bass guitars over there and an amp, oh. and, <laughs> and it's just there like i don't i don't play anymore and that's one of the things i've been challenging myself is to to not take life so serious right and start doing things that just brings brings you pure joy so so that's that's probably a, a fun fact and 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 i'm actually a black belt uh i did oh, wow. karate <laughs> from uh, from fourth grade to ninth grade and once i hit ninth grade i was like screw band uh screw karate i'm too cool for this so i, I stopped but uh <laughs> but yeah those those are two things that people probably don't know wow that that's fantastic didn't i definitely did not know you were a black belt so uh, <laughs> we may have to talk about getting you in the gym and doing some lessons <laughs> oh yeah that was year, that was years ago man i can't tell you how much i remember a couple combo blocks <laughs> but that's about it that's all i think i think that's all instinct i think it all come back to you pretty quick yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah no yeah. I love sharing. I love asking those and sharing those fun facts. And I'll share one about me because that you may not know, but and a lot of people probably don't is when I was in college that and being an introvert, like a friend of mine got me involved in like, and I was an athlete too in theater. So you don't think of, you know, athletes as athletes, we don't want to be vulnerable. And like, we don't want to do right. ballet or yoga or, you know, or act or you know, any of those um, things that are going to not put us on the, on the spotlight, you know, of, 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 of really being that person that people think, Oh, he's not, a, he's not an actor or he's not a singer, but yeah, I mean, I, I, my friend got me involved and like, I, I got into theater in college and, and, and did acting and sang. And like, so that was, that's still just a little fun fact about me. Like this quiet person did acting and singing and, <laughs> on stage in front of people. <laughs> so, that's uh, awesome. But, but, but that's, but again, it just shows the, you know, the well-roundness uh, that, that, that you have. So that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it, it was a fun time. So I encourage you to step out of step out of that comfort zone and, and share those things with people. It's it's a, it's a, they're good conversation Sorry. starters. And then Vonzo, lastly, uh, as we wrap it up, is you're on the podcast called Why Not Me. What what does that mean to you? Um, what advice would you give to anyone asking themselves that question now, or maybe has asked that question of themselves in the past? Yes, great great point. And, and I and I love that too. I, I love that uh, that title, by the way. Why not me? And I think it's because, quite frankly, a lot of times we, it's amazing how we see ourselves, right, uh, versus how others see us. And if you're guys like me and you, you probably see more of the negative in yourself. You probably see more of the things you do wrong than you do right. I mean, great leaders are typically wired that way. Um but you know why not why not you right because again like i said you don't know at what level that you're being called to 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 be used right and and your gift is not for you your gift is for somebody else and i'm a firm believer that why not you because you know your obedience right maybe you know your obedience to say i'm gonna speak to this stranger that i don't know when this stranger could be suffering with something much greater could be in a hard time in life and you sharing or you saying hi or you sparking a conversation could right. be the difference in that person, you know, going elsewhere with, with, with some thoughts, then, right. then, you know, reviving them. And so why not you, I mean, you, you can be used beyond what our puny brains can even imagine. So I think, I think that stands true. Like why not you? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, thank you for that. And that's, and that's just really the, you know, the kind of the mentality that I think a lot of us forget, like when we are going through day to day is asking yourself, why not you, you know, you're kind of, and it sounds like some of my, you know, some of my um, critics over the years and, you know, like I've had them, you're too small, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough and so on and so forth. It's just, if you listen to all that stuff, you would start believing it, you know, at some point. So you have to, you have to have that, pull that from the inside out of like, and put it in your mindset and keep that mindset of why not me? And because there's so much that, you know, so much out there that you can achieve if you just have that mindset and, and really, and stay in that mindset. And sometimes it's hard to stay in that mindset, but believing is the first part of accomplishing that, you know, taking that step to, to being in that moment of like, yeah, you can do it. So um, thank you for for everything you shared, and it's, it's just been phenomenal. I, I, you know, hopefully everyone really takes a lot out of this, but really just knowing that um, Vonzel, who Vonzel is, awesome guy, doing a lot of great things out there. And um, Vonzel, if people can, um, or if they want to, kind of reach out to you or follow you, where can they find you? Like, what are your? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Yeah. This this is another this is a another area that I'm gonna tell you that I uh, I stink in is is my uh, my social media presence <laughs> and my marketing. So our website is and we're in the process of changing it. We're we're actually rebranding the company, but it's www.pitmanfinancial.net. Okay. And so up there is is the phone number, is the the email, etc. Uh, we're we're working on. Again, I'm in a rebrand, a U-Haul type of space now where I'm learning, you know, it's time to, 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 to move to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's just where, that's just where business is now. Right. Um, But www.pitmanfinancial.net and our contact information is there. 
Great. Thank you. And we'll put, uh, thank you. And we'll put all that in the, uh, in the show notes after for, for the listeners to, you know, if you want to reach out to Von Zell and, 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 and chat with him about, you know, business um, and you need that help uh, from, you know, commercial real estate lending, small business side of things, or just want to chat with him about his involvement with youth and, and serving the underserved communities, reach out to Von Zell and uh, I'm sure and know he'd be happy to speak with you. So Bonzel, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. We look forward to hopefully bring you back on at some point again. <laughs> thank you for having me, David. I Thanks. appreciate it. You, you have a great day, buddy. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's show with Bonzel. Bonzel's message about serving underserved communities and following the correct path for him is one I hope we all hear and appreciate. Please share this episode with a friend, and if you are enjoying this podcast, please give us a review and a like. As always, thank you for joining us, and remember, when you find yourself doubting something you want to accomplish, ask yourself, why not me? Why not now? Until next time, thanks for joining us, and have a great day. Music.